it is a better experience if you could automate a digital experience for me that gets me to a human conversation faster with someone who knows what they're talking about. That's magical. Yeah. And, and guess what? It's okay if I get turned down digitally as long as it's timely. Yeah. Right. Because what, what we typically do with our systems is we have automatic rejects when a rec gets closed. So I can apply to a job and I can sit there as an applicant, not really getting looked at because I didn't quite make the cut. And nobody, they don't want to disposition me yet. They mm -hmm. wait till the job gets filled, maybe three months later. So I could be getting a reject three months after a job is filled. Maybe I got a new job already. Maybe yeah. I got a new job in your company already. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting a reject from you when that other job gets closed. You should be closing people out, using mm -hmm. some automation there. And for the ones that that do qualify and get through, if you can get it to the, and, and the capabilities there, you can automate from first click all the way through to schedule me for an interview yeah. with a manager. That is a much better experience than going into the black hole and getting an email three months later. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Talent Experience Live, your favorite show on the internet, or at least that's what the comments have told me. Uh, I, of course, am your host, Devin Foster. Exciting episode today before the holiday week. I know Canada has off on Monday. A lot of the United States has off on Tuesday. So excited to get this episode in so that you have some content to look at while you're you know, grilling or perhaps sitting by the pool or wherever it may be. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, it is tradition around these parts to ask you, the audience at home, uh, an icebreaker. Kind of get the comments flowing. That's one of the beauties of doing these things live. So with the 4th of July coming up, and I believe Canada's Independence Day coming up on the 1st as well, I want to ask you at home, what's your favorite holiday? Where what, which one do you circle on the calendar and say, this is the one that I'm truly looking forward to? For me, it is Halloween. Uh, it wasn't one that I enjoyed growing up. I was terrified of all the monsters and, and things like that. But as I've gotten older, I've appreciated the candy a little bit more, as well as some of the cringeworthy Halloween movies. So hop into the comments section. Let me know what your favorite holiday is as I introduce today's topic, which of course is talking about transforming tech to accelerate your talent experience. Uh, everything from digital asset management to AI algorithms, there are lots of ways to, to truly transform your streamlined experience. And today I have a very special guest joining me. I'm joined by Ed Newman of Talent EXP to share a bit more about what it all means, how to transform your talent experience and when is a good time to do it. So without any further hesitation, let's bring Ed onto the program. Hey, Devin, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to talk about today's topic, but I have to ask you, favorite holiday? So interesting you mentioned halloween it's it's probably my number two okay All um right. uh, I, i'm a little bit of a halloween freak i like to kind of set up the haunted house yeah. Yeah. uh for for the visitors yes. um but um 
my number one has to be Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, U.S. Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's it, it, It's got the, you know, Thursday, Friday. Nice. Yeah. You get a little football, yeah. lots of good food and family. So um, just, it, just the time of year is just, just perfect. Yeah. So I really enjoy Thanksgiving. I loved Thanksgiving. It was my favorite holiday as well until I ran into the challenge that I think a lot of folks have. I got married with my significant other. We had to pick which family to go to. Uh -huh. uh, so we found a loophole in the system, which is just to use those two days you mentioned and travel outside of the country two free vacation days. So anyone at home who may be having that challenge. Um, but this year I'm sticking around. We have a, a young daughter, the Jets, my favorite football team play on Black Friday. Nice. Can't leave the country for that. So we could talk about holidays all day long. Um, but we have we have an exciting topic today. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to, to first ask you, uh, you know, really, when we talk about transforming your, your talent experience, how do you decide when it's time to do that? Do you have to kind of outline what you experiences you have right now? Is there a gap analysis that you do? What does that look like? Yeah. So um, first of all, now is probably one of the best times to do it. It's it's when, whenever there's um, uh, some sort of um, uh, slowdown, yeah. right? I would, and I, everyone is considering, are we in a recession? Are we not in a recession? It's been one of the weirdest economic times that we've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's no question there's been some slowdown. We've yeah. seen uh, fairly substantial reductions in recruiting teams. Yes. Um, so there's there's no question. It hasn't dried up completely. There's still recruiting activity happening. Um, but when things slow down a bit is a great time to take your resources and and do some introspection um, and really start to strategize for where you're going. That That's one, one, one reason okay. for it. The other reason is just this massive influx in technology this this advance the advances with ai um that are happening um and uh the amount of investment that that went into into tech hr tech over the course of the last five years so there's lots of opportunities and and so the timing couldn't be couldn't, couldn't be better than right now actually yeah. i mean you mentioned sort of the, the slowdown it can organizations being a bit more conservative, right? When it comes right. to their, their hiring, you talk about talent acquisition teams. I, I want to ask you specifically, um, when it comes to technology, you mentioned these advancements and I liken it to digital devices that we have like cell phones, mm -hmm. right? Um, oftentimes there are new updates that come out on a regular basis, things like that. When you are looking at the technology that you have, how do you assess if what you have right now works and it just needs an upgrade or perhaps training things along those lines or is it time to retool completely and say hey i i need yeah. to see what some of these fast advancements have happened over the, the course of even the past year yeah so i i think doing a what's interesting is if i about 10 years ago yeah. Um, I would advise a, a customer to go through massive strategy discussions, uh, process discussions, figure out what, what, how do you want to operate, mm -hmm. define requirements, and then go look at tech. Um, I've kind of changed my opinion about that now. I mean, we, we're, we're invested. We have every, every company has some foundational tech stack today. Um, so I think that almost comes first. Um, you know, given the amount of capabilities that have come to market, um, I think one of the first things you want to do is evaluate your tech stack because there's some things you want to make sure exist. And if they don't and you identify them as gaps, you'll want to prioritize them. Uh, one, first and foremost, um, you got to have some content capability. Digital asset management um, is key for that. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that anywhere in your tech stack, you probably want to figure out how to get it because yep. 
Uh, content is king. And if you, if you really want to improve that digital experience, you want to have a pretty dynamic way uh, to, to, to deliver that content. Um, AI, it's got to be in the DNA. Right. Yeah. So, so the, uh, what, what, what happens a lot with these types of, um, uh, waves is that uh, AI is so hot that, uh, legacy technology platforms will start calling features AI. Right. Um, I, we saw that during the social boom, mm -hmm. like all of a sudden these legacy technologies are saying, Oh, we, we, we created this little button that allows you to connect with your LinkedIn profile. Therefore, mm -hmm. um, that's social. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, a, if it's not in the DNA of the platform, um, you know, it, 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 it's not necessarily going to benefit you, but how can you get the AI algorithms, uh, into your tech stack is going to be key. Um, uh, and then, you know, whether this is tech or not tech, it's the ability to assess, um, because if you're going to get into any type of, of automation, um, you need to have assessments that let you know how to, how to candidates stack up. Yeah. And, and so assessment technology is, is also pretty key. And then the, just foundationally, you got to make sure you have the ability for integrations because there's always going to be more than one. Um, and I think, you know, the opportunity, one of the reasons why the opportunity to transform now is um, uh, there's so much fragmentation and, and uh, over the course of the last probably five, six, seven years, uh, companies have been out buying lots of little point solutions. And then, and, and I think it's somewhere averaging somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 different products that are being stitched together. And you can reduce that significantly. Yeah. Now there's platform opportunities. And so it's time to really kind of think about what's the future of the tech stack? Where do I land on platforms? And then how can I supplement that? Because there's always going to be one particular area. Like if I'm a large enterprise, maybe I've got some really core capabilities um, in a platform that meet my level of complexity as a large enterprise. Um, some of the features on those platforms might not quite be ready for that large mm -hmm. enterprise capability, right? Yeah. So I might need a point solution to supplement, mm -hmm. right? So it's figuring out how do I land on a platform strategy? Where do I need to supplement? And maybe that supplement is just for a short period of time. Um, you got to look at what you're already invested in, what's the, what's the life cycle of those contracts, mm -hmm. and really kind of create a blueprint and a, and a forecast of where that tech stack is going. So as you go and do your transformation, you have that tech strategy blueprint in mind and can identify the timing. And, and by the way, after you do the analysis, you might realize there's some tech changes that you've got to prioritize mm -hmm. and move out faster on. Yeah. So um, I think that you know doing that tech stack upfront is, is a pretty key, it's a way to move faster, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. Um, I liken it to back in, in my childhood, right? The, the 90s, we had entertainment systems, right? That you walk into someone's living room, there was a VCR, there was potentially a DVD player, there was a record player, there was a CD player, all of these things. Now, fast forward today, there's a TV. But to your point, you still have to supplement some things, right? I still had to go out and buy my PlayStation because that's my get, a, get away, kind of it, let myself go a little bit. But it's supplemented technology because Sony, Vizio, whatever these companies, they don't have that there. And what you're describing is getting everything together as much as you can, where it is holistic, but also understanding that a lot of the technology is new, right? We've spent countless hours talking about generative AI. People are still figuring out. You can't hop on Twitter without someone saying, here are four new chat GPT hacks to, you're doing it wrong. So understanding that there is a growth process, but 
taking what's already established and using that. Am I understanding you're, correctly you're, there? Absolutely right. And and like I said, you you any given organization, you have investments. I mean, yeah. it's like an investment portfolio, yeah. and you're and you're kind of deciding when to divest and when to double down, mm -hmm. and and um, you know you need to look at it. And I, and I always think that that it does make sense to reserve a portion of your portfolio for experimentation. Yeah. So there will be, you know, you need interoperability and integration mm -hmm. capabilities, um, but usually that platform piece is a longer term investment, yeah. right? So I think uh, it's kind of balancing that, but but doing that analysis, having clarity on where that tech stack is going and not just kind of doing it by reaction, yeah. right? I mean, that and that's what tends to happen when when the recruiting market's hot, when, when, when it's all you can do to just fill the seat, yeah. no one's really paying attention to how, how unwieldy that our, our environment might be coming by adding all of these point solutions. Yeah. So um, it's, it's definitely a good time to, to, to reevaluate and kind of lay that plan for the future. Absolutely. That, that makes sense. Uh, another thing that you, you talked about there was uh, content creation. And, and we've talked on this program a lot around personalization and things like that. I want to ask you, when we talk about content creation and the, the disbursement of technologies, how important is segmentation in that, right? Understanding the content, who it's reaching, and also if you have to use potentially two separate technologies for it. Um, can you give me an understanding of, of kind of that world? Uh, yeah, and se segmentation is key, not just for you know content and delivery of personalized yeah. content, but it's throughout the entire experience design. Okay. Because um, as an HR professional, yeah. and I've been in HR for a long time, mm -hmm. Um, there's, there's an underlying compliance mentality in HR and, um, it, it, there, there, there's a tendency to believe that every person gets the exact same experience. We, we need to be consistent. It has to be the same for everyone. That's, mm -hmm. that's the only fair way to do it, mm -hmm. but that's not really correct. Um, we need to segment so that we could define how to give different experiences to, for, for, for different audiences. Um, because, but, and you need to be consistent within the audience. So here, the, the example, um, if you've got some roles where, uh, like maybe, uh, some it roles that, that, you know, machine learning mm -hmm. th things that new technology where there's not that many people that with a lot of experience and they're hard to find and you're trying to get their attention, yeah. you're probably going to need to treat those individuals, those personas differently than the jobs where you're getting 500 applicants. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you're, you're, you're going to treat them differently. And, and it is okay to say for these roles, we're going to put the job application at the interview. Yeah. You, you might still treat them as an applicant, but we're not going to complete that application form until we've got a level of investment where the, the, the candidate feels like we're progressing. If you tried to, to, to if, if I contact you, Devin, and I say, and you're a hard individual to find yeah. and I find you and I get you on the phone and you, and I finally convince you to say, okay, I'll talk to you, Ed. Yeah. And I say, okay, before we can talk further, click this link and fill out this lengthy job application. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just a big, you know, cold blanket, you know? Yeah. So you, you need to be able to segment so that you can design unique experiences for any given population. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it makes sense. And you mentioned the, the hot positions right now in it and, and, AI algorithms, all of that. I think of confidential searches, right? Sure. If you're looking for somebody in the C-suite, you're not going to probably post that and, job. And by the way, <laughs> those, for, for those jobs, the, we are the, those yeah. are audiences are already getting special treatment, <laughs> yes. right? So, yeah. so we we can do it further down into the mm -hmm. organization, and if we can get we can get really thoughtful about how do we segment to give the right experience to the right audience. No, it it makes total sense, and I I think also 
there's an aspect that and we, we talked about it before we, we hopped on line here. The application oftentimes is a checkbox. We do need that for compliance purposes. But although it helps bring people into the funnel, also a lot of it has to go with the time that someone who calls can offer you, right? If it sounds like you are one person on a list of 50 and they're just trying to crank through and schedule things out, how much of an impact does that have on the talent experience? And then I want to talk about how we can give recruiters time back to, to do that. Sure. Well, that's a, that's another you know great example of why it's important to segment because there, there could be certain roles where um, with, with a phone call and a list of questions, you, you can kind of get through that. But um, if it is a, um, you know, a, a candidate that is, that is harder to find mm -hmm. um, and that phone call happens, I'm expecting, you know, someone to, that, that I'm going to engage with knows a little something, yeah. knows something about the role, knows something about the work. Maybe it's the hiring manager, right? So for certain roles, you probably want to make sure that that first phone call is highly impactful because yeah. that that's if if I'm taking a phone call, that's a first impression you 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 can't get back. Yeah. Um. So so having the right individual, um, having that call, and if it's listen to this, if it's simply someone <laughs> going down a list of questions in a phone call, you can automate that, right? There, that should be part of the digital experience, yeah. right? There's no need to have a human who doesn't really know what they're talking about, they can't have a conversation mm -hmm. to just simply ask a set of 10 questions yeah. to determine, does somebody make it to the next step? It makes no sense. Mm -hmm. No, it, 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 I completely understand where you're coming from. I talked with uh, Cliff uh, from, from Phenom a few weeks back about ChatGPT and the ability to serve up questions that may come from a bit more of a place of expertise. But I shared with Cliff and I'll share with you, when I was recruiting for IT positions, I didn't know anything about Python. I didn't know anything about Cobra or any of these positions. And candidates could see right through that, yes. right? And they, they could answer whatever way they wanted. And I would say, oh, this is great. So allowing that automated aspect to just say, are you familiar? And then have the hiring manager or someone on the team have that conversation where it can be more of a conversation of, again, I don't know much about it, but struggles that they had, a challenge that they overcame implementing some of these coding services and stuff like that, that's going to separate your organization from the rest, right? And I, I hope I'm on the, the right track there. I, I It's it's absolutely right. I mean, the, the best recruiters um, have a real deep understanding of the business. And, and, and te the tendency is for agencies to have better recruiters than corporate. And that's sort of a, yeah. a fairly common thing. And it's because a lot of the agency recruiters used to be in the job. Yeah. Um, if you look at the backgrounds of agency recruiters for accountants, they were formerly accountants, right? Yeah. So they, they understand the roles, they understand the jobs. And, and so that understanding is pretty key to make a good impression in a phone call. Yeah. So um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the hiring manager, but you want to make sure for, for any given role that that that's one of the first impressions that you, that you can't get back on. Make sure it's the right one. That makes sense. Um, we talked a lot about the the candidate experience here, right? But we're talking about the, the talent experience as a whole. So I want to ask you, when it comes to internal applicants versus external applicants, you mentioned how HR kind of wants to put a, a coat on everyone, right? Put them all in the same bucket, put them all through the same processes. When we're talking about retooling during a, a slowdown or whatever it may be, how do you compare and contrast the internal applicants processes versus the external? And, and what's a good way to evaluate maybe some gaps there? So um, 
this is one of my pet peeves on yeah. internal applicants. First of all, they're they're definitely separate. They, I would I would okay. treat okay. them as separate audiences, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And and because you you know so much more about your internal yeah. uh, folks, and they just, and they know so much more about the company, right? Mm -hmm. So so it's a different audience. You're going to do a different types of different type of journey map, different type of experience design. Um, but for internal talent, uh, corporations tend to take their hands off the wheel. The 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 HR organization takes their hands off the mm -hmm. wheel, and it's because hiring managers don't want to let their people go. Yeah. And because of that, um, we have these policies that say, you've got to be in your job for more than 12 months before you're even eligible to apply. And if you do apply, we're going to extend a little notification to your manager, <laughs> let them know you're doing this just in case they want to talk to you and coach you about it. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, I mean, it, it will absolutely curtail uh, internal movement and it and it makes people feel like I got to go outside mm -hmm. to get ahead. That is a really really common thing. So, so opening up internal mobility um, and and being able to as as an HR organization actually plan for how we're going to backfill someone if they move. Right? People you get high performers uh, that that need growth. They're, they're one of the biggest reasons people leave companies is their lack of growth opportunities in the company. So if we can get creative and actually plan for who else in the organization could backfill someone, it might give that hiring manager a little more comfort in letting people go, yeah. uh, letting people move within. And then we can actually have some, some progressive policies around it. So I think, I think, you know, internal experience, uh, there's a huge opportunity because most companies have really taken their hands off the wheel from an HR perspective. Yeah, no, it's I, I think we've focused so heavily on the candidate experience for years. And that's the industry as a whole that sometimes it's even easier to find a job just from a simple application. Perspective, we, 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 right? deal, we deal with questions from customers all the time. How, how, what do I do when my internals apply on my external site? Because yeah. they find it easier to find jobs yeah. on the external site than internal. And, and you also mentioned a little bit of succession planning there, right? And yeah. I think the other aspect of that is not only providing that opportunity for growth, but also a, a change of power, if you will, to uh, there could be a, a mentoring program that, that steps in where someone's looking to grow their career into a manager position, right? Or into that next level. And you say, well, in order for that, we'd have to fill your role. Let's bring somebody in and you can gain the skills to coach them up. Am I way off there no, with that as well? Uh, you're, 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 you're singing from, from my <laughs> hymnal here. Um, the the um, succession planning in most companies stops at like director level. It might not even get to director level, <laughs> might not, right? It might yeah. stop at the VP level. Mm -hmm. um, and because those are the most important roles and you got to make sure you got bench strength to fulfill those roles. But we don't do it all the way down. I, I, I have this concept that I've talked about. I actually wrote an article about it recently called Continuous Succession Planning. It was something that I, I was inspired um, many, many years ago about it. And then I was re-inspired at I Am Phenom when mm -hmm. I saw the employee relationship management product and how you could actually build succession slates on the fly for any given role throughout the organization. Um, that is just it, it, it's such a huge opportunity to to be thinking, you know, how can we you know, proactively prepare people um, to take on these next roles. And you know, things like mentorship and, and gigs is a key factor. Uh, what a, lo a lot of the, the traditional things that companies do is they build out an LMS platform with learning content so that people can take courses to gain competencies and skills. 
Um, I, I spoke to um, a very large enterprise once. I was doing a workshop and we we're talking about internal movement and, and they were doing some pretty progressive things. They were literally uh, allowing employees to sign up with their preferences for, for what their next role would be. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of career pathing. What, what next role do you want? Um, and then they would alert this population when jobs got posted. The problem is they got so many internal applicants and most of them are getting rejected yeah. because they might've shown that they took a course to gain a skill or competency, but they've never applied that, yeah. right? So the idea of, of adding in like gigs and mentorship yeah. and doing it, doing it in such a way that, that your, your leaders who are offering gigs and are becoming mentors are focused on developing very specific skills that are needed for the future, mm -hmm. right? That's how you really prepare these people to take on those next roles. Yeah. So it's not just about giving them the learning course that they can take to try to better their skills, mm -hmm. giving them some, something to get some experiential factor yeah. that let, lets them apply those skills. Um, that's, that's such a pivotal point. And it, real-time interaction, it, you're putting the rubber to the road there. It makes me think of if you're only using an LMS system, you're no better than your IT team teaching phishing assessments and things like that. No disrespect to the IT team out there. I am up to date on my compliance. Please don't yell at me. But nonetheless, um, we all look at those the same way. I think from most organizations perspective is, hey, here's your training, go through it, answer your questions, make sure that we're in compliance. Applying that LMS method to it, there's no human interaction. You're watching tutorials. You're right. doing things. There may be some testing involved in it. But to your point, learning it and understanding how the organization does things may be even different than the LMS system. I think of learning how to drive. We don't just hand the keys over to a 16-year-old and say, hop on the road, go down the highway at any time. There's courses that you take. There's also you, you get in a driving school. Then you have a permit where you have to drive with an adult, then you're only allowed out from the hours of nine to five or wherever it may be. These are the same ways where we're talking about succession planning. You can potentially save your organization revenue if someone does leave for a circumstance. You're not able to find them the next job. Things happen. People, you know, make life decisions. So I say all of that to say this: this makes a ton of sense in in theory. Are you seeing organizations being progressive and using it? You you mentioned. Some organizations are being progressive, but have you seen some companies, and you don't have to share names, implement successful employee experiences? Yeah, it's so it is absolutely um, starting. The, the, the employee focus on employee is mm -hmm. has been picking up over the course of the last six, seven years. Okay. Um, and, and there's a lot of tools and technology that are coming out to support it. Yeah. So, so, so we're definitely seeing movement, but it takes, it really takes time for, mm -hmm. for companies to adopt. Um, probably one of the, one of the uh, big examples, and, and I, I'm sure you're familiar with the book, the power of moments. Yes. Yes. So it's one, it's, it's an awesome book and, and it's, it, it gives a fantastic framework for how you can go about doing uh, design uh, of experiences that's not all about digital. Like, I think mm -hmm. in, in, in a lot of candidate experience focus has been, how can I make my application less than five minutes? Um, but when you look at um, moments and how people evaluate moments, they really evaluate their experience based on peak moments. Um, and filling out an application is never going to be a peak moment. So you're, you, you need to minimize the frustration there, but you got to focus on how do you create really compelling moments that are that are maybe a little bit more meaningful 
to, to whether it's a candidate or an employee. So for an employee, probably one of the biggest moments is their first day of work, yeah. right? What, what is that like? Do they show up and find out they don't have a cube yet? Do they show up and find out that their computer's on back order? Mm -hmm. uh, do they not have an email address yet? I mean, yeah. what's that experience like? Um, in Power Moments, there's a great example from John Deere and how they, it doesn't cost a lot of money to do this, how they designed the first day of work where uh, someone is prepared to meet the individual in the parking lot, walk them in and escort them to the building, get them through their badging experience, walk them to their cube and in their cube, a big banner that says new employee here today so that anybody walking by can stop in and say hello and welcome them on the desk, something personal right? Mm -hmm. Something from whether maybe the alma mater or something that they picked up during the interview process. They found out the person likes dark chocolate and there's maybe a thing of dark chocolates yeah. or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, they put a gift from the company that's tied to the mission and purpose, right? So creating that immediate connection in a, in a moment where, where they're feeling proud because they just started this new job, yeah. that makes an impression. Mm -hmm. And that's a peak moment is going to prevent me from feeling really bad when a week from now I'm sitting in a meeting and people are droning on and on and on. And I feel like my time's being wasted. Yeah. I can live with that because I had this amazing first day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you hit these peak moments and you do it right. And then people will live with there's, every moment's not going to be perfect, right? Yeah. You can't, you can't, you're, there's always going to be some aspect of the, of, of an experience. Uh, work is work, right? So you're going to have, um, you know, what they, I, they're called pit moments. So you, you figure out how to minimize yeah. the impact impact of the pits, but for, where are those peaks? So D D John Deere is, is a great a great um, example, and it's well documented in in the book. Yeah, I love that. It, the one part that you mentioned to me is one that I hadn't heard before: is walking somebody into the building because I think of badges, and if a badge doesn't work, or you have to go in and meet with the front desk person and say it's my first day. Oh, what's your? That can be awkward for everyone involved yeah. and in, embarrassing. And then if you have one of those pit moments, it's, oh, when, when can I get out of here? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think can be shared from that is creating some of those moments candidates are, or employees at this point are willing to share. Right. And we talk about referrals. It's been a mm -hmm. topic of conversation for years and years and years in, you know, talent acquisition, talent management, a referral can come from, look at how awesome this was. Yeah. They remembered that, I liked dark chocolate in the interview. And that goes back to your original point, which is don't read questions off of a yeah. sheet of paper because you're never going to get that information, yep. right? Um, so I, I love all of this. Um, anything that we may have missed out on for the folks at home that you want to share before we hop off? Any final thoughts, anything along those lines? Well, um, I mean, I think we, we covered uh, you know, most of it, but, but I, I, pro probably uh, the biggest piece of advice is um, you know, if you cannot garner, you know, the budget to do some massive transformation, uh, start small, you know, and, and identify one area where you can create impact. And again, it doesn't necessarily take a lot of money to do, you know, small things. And then you, you can create impact. I mean, one of the biggest, um, uh, you know, everything is about, you know, uh, time, cost, quality. Um, and when we measure quality, one of the things that we really focus in are, are people staying, right? Do we have high, high turnover? Um, and so if you can um, demonstrate that through some, you know, just small investments in creating a better experience that you're getting, either, maybe it's higher conversions offered to accept, maybe it's, 
um, a little bit longer uh, tenure yeah. for the individuals that have gone through this experience for, versus others. Um, so start small, measure, create results, and then and then go for it. But certainly, um, you know, the timing uh, right now, um, it, it, it's the right time to do uh, yeah. this type of work. Um, it's, it's, you know, things have slowed down a bit. It's coming back. Yeah. It's just a matter of time, mm -hmm. you know, and usually it starts to come back right around the point in time where people admit that we were in a recession. <laughs> so, so everyone's wondering, are we in one? Are we in a, and all of a sudden they're going, oh, we were in one yep. and now we're not anymore. Yep. So, um, <laughs> I just think that, 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 um, you know, timing, timing's right. Um, and, uh, just huge opportunities with, with what's the, in the market today. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the concept of automation, taking away the human touch, I, I think what automations do and part, part of our model is you, you will, after you do your experiences, I figure out what you can automate, how you can automate mm -hmm. the heck out of things. I mean, it is a better experience if you could automate a digital experience for me that gets me to a human conversation faster with someone who knows what they're talking about. That's magical. Yeah. And, and guess what? It's okay. If I get turned down digitally, as long as it's timely, yeah. right? Because what, what we typically do with our systems is we have automatic rejects when a rec gets closed. So I can apply to a job and I can sit there as an applicant, not really getting looked at because I didn't quite make the cut. And nobody, they don't want to disposition me yet. They mm -hmm. wait till the job gets filled, maybe three months later. So I could be getting a reject three months after a job was filled. Maybe I got a new job already. Maybe yeah. I got a new job in your company already. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting a reject from you when that other job gets closed. So that's, you, you should be closing people out, using mm -hmm. some automation there. And for the ones that that do qualify and get through, if you can get it to, the, and, and the capabilities there, you can automate from first click all the way through to schedule me for an interview yeah. with a manager and there's, there's maybe some roles you don't do that. Maybe it's with a recruiter, yeah. but that is a much better experience than going into the black hole and getting an email three months later. Yeah. No, it, it reminds me of a social post that went viral maybe last year. Somebody got rejected from a job three and a half years later. Yeah. Obviously that was just someone closing out a requisition. And, and maybe it's because they dumped the old ATS. And they don't know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but to your point, starting small, organized, creating moments, then you can start to map, look at this bigger picture, maybe institute some of that AI that you're talking about to lower some of the touches and make those other touches more meaningful to the candidates and employees, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Ed, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, if folks want to learn more about Talent EXP, website, how do they reach out to you? TalentEXP.com. Okay. Uh, contact us. You could look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, Amy Schwank um, is, is also uh, on LinkedIn. Reach out to her. Okay. And uh, we are we're, we're we're big networkers. So if anybody wants to just uh, connect to chat and, yeah. and 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 talk shop, we're wide open to those kinds of conversations. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Uh, that was Ed Newman of Talent Exp joining me talking about transforming your tech to accelerate your talent experience. We talked about a lot there. We went a little off script. I enjoyed the conversation. If you want to learn anything else about Talent Exp head on over to talentexp.com. Um, we will include that in the show notes as well as the blog recap and everything in between. Uh, but in the meantime, I hope everyone has a happy and safe weekend. Enjoy your 4th of July or your Canada Independence Day, and we will see you next week. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Talent Experience Live, of course, 
is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. Our intelligent talent experience platform, which helps candidates find the right roles faster, employees evolve in their current roles and beyond, recruiters achieve some next level productivity and managers build better teams with data and analytics. And of course, all of this is powered by super slick artificial intelligence and machine learning. So head on over to phenom.com to learn more. While you're there, check out the promo for I am Phenom. It is right on the homepage. Don't be afraid to click on it. See who keynote speakers are going to be, see what session tracks are happening and everything in between, including networking and party.